Welcome to the Nurturing Podcast, where early childhood is the priority. In our podcast, renowned experts from around the world share actionable tips and techniques, experiences, and best practices for educators and parents. Today with us, we have a mom of two, based in Mumbai, an MBA by qualification. She is currently a stay-at-home mom. Her love for reading books has driven her to start writing blogs and articles. She has also written several articles for various websites and has a thriving community on Instagram called Mum Talks. I'll repeat, M-U-M-M Talks. So please welcome Miss Hansa Kajaria. Today's topic is helicopter parenting. Yeah, it's one topic which is uh, uh, very popular, I will say, how as in it's been happening a lot without parents being aware about it. So I like to talk about it and, you know, create awareness mm-hmm. that knowingly and knowingly what parents are turning into. I myself am a mom of two kids and, you know, sometimes it does happen out of apprehension or the way the society is right now. We do tend to get a bit uh, nervous about our kids. You know, you always want them in and around you in your sight. So that apprehension is always there. So gradually a parent willingly, unwillingly, unknowingly tends to become a helicopter parent. <laughs> so so what does helicopter parenting mean? See, basically helicopter parenting means a parenting style who, in which a parent is extremely closely paying attention to what the child is doing. Be it life issues, problem, problem at school classes, whatever, the parent is overindulged and sometimes to an extent that, you know, even before the child can decide, do or act, the parent is ready to, you know, pounce and act on behalf of the kid. So that is basically what helicopter parenting is, you know, overindulgence of a parent in the life of a child. I'm sure now our listeners are kind of trying to relate it to themselves and uh, many will surprisingly find that they are probably practicing it. (laughs) So typically, what does a parent do when they're practicing helicopter parenting? See, basically helicopter parenting is not uh, which we do intentionally, but sometimes it does happen that, you know, myself, when I uh, have my kids, uh, my kids are out. So I get nervous when I cannot see them. You always want to be around them. You want to keep an eye on them. You want to know what is going on in the life as a parent and uh, what's happening in the school. Sometimes at the worst, it happens when, you know, the parents are ready to fight the battle for the kids. Like even before the kid goes to the school, the parent is there with the teacher telling my kid does like this, my kid likes this, you teach him like that. Interference in the education, interference in personal life, solving the problem for the child, even before the child has asked for your help. Like a child may not be able to do something. And even before the child is trying to do it, a parent has already done it for him. So you are basically not giving chance to your kid to explore and, you know, uh, expand his or her imagination. And you are there to do it for the child, keep it ready, served for the kid to enjoy it rather than allowing the kid to do it. There are two ways to look at it. See, if you stop at uh, guiding them, it is fine. But instead of guiding them, when you go there to do it yourself, like, you know, I will do it for you. I will get everything sorted for you. If your exams are coming, I will, you know, talk to the teacher. I will arrange everything. You go to the school, you check out everything for the examination. Overindulgence. You are not allowing your child to explore on his or herself. Mm-hmm. So that is when it gets, it starts hampering the child. Basically, you are not allowing the child to grow 
on her or herself. You know, it's like your child is always uh, been provided for and that way it hampers his ability to think and uh, living independently, ability to decide. All this gets hampered in the longer period of time. You know, when the child is growing, he will or he or she will be completely dependent on parent to decide for them or to choose a thing for them, be it career, be it basic thing like clothes, or what to do, where to go. They will completely be dependent on parents. If the initial stage when the parents are overindulged, it gradually hampers the child's uh, development. I definitely can relate to it as a parent. I have honestly <laughs> done that a few times. And, and when I'm thinking back now, Hansa, a lot of the situations when I have tried to kind of do this thing is when I am really anxious about whether my child, like places where I feel that my child might feel um, scared or anxious. For example, um, when I see that, you know, there are a few few children around my child and my child is kind of engaged in the confrontation and I know that my child is more introvert or, or like kind of a shy person. And I can see that this is really not helping him or her face that particular situation. So how does a parent maintain the balance being, you know, there for the child versus being too intrusive? Uh, see, I'll, first I'll talk about the school thing. Uh, when my daughter, when she joined the playgroup and uh, I knew that schooling is going to be there for the rest of their life till they finish their education, they have to leave us and go out and study on their own. And when I was standing there, I handed over my child to the school. There were other parents also standing there. The kids were crying. Their parents were crying because it was the first day of your child's school. The kid is not happy. The parent is not happy. And many of the moms and dads were standing there. They were like, what is happening? We want to see. We want to peek inside. You know, we are restless. My child might be still crying. And I just had a word with one mother. And I was like, this is going to be a child's life for the next uh, 20, 25 years till they're studying. They have to leave you and go out to the school, college, university and be on their own. First day you will be there. Second day you will be there. You cannot be there for the next 25 years for them. So let them just be there. They have the teachers, they have uh, the facilities are there, the faculty is there. Everyone is there inside to look after them. Just have faith. If you want, if you are nervous, wait outside the school and be patient. You have to give that venue, avenue to your child to go out and explore and see if he or her is able to do it over there or not perform. So if you know your child is first day going to cry in the school, it doesn't mean you are going to stop your child from going to school, right? Mm -hmm. You have to send your child to the school. So... You have to let go. As a parent, you wait outside. Yes, you are nervous that your child might cry. So be ready, be available when your child is coming out to give him or her a hug and calm your child down if he or she is crying. But don't be so apprehensive that, you know, I have to go inside and check what's happening to my kid, you know. That is not the right thing to do. Yes, they have to do this for the rest of the life. So, And you have to bear it for the rest of the life. Maybe they'll leave you in for higher education and go abroad. What will you do then? You cannot follow them everywhere. So yes, you have to draw a line as a parent, you know. And uh, then you were talking about them doing certain things or being in group of uh, friends or elsewhere where they are introvert. And so in this case, what you can do is send your child ahead. Go along with your child. But when he's going to play with the friends or be in a circle where you think he might not be comfortable, at least give your child a push to go there. If your child, uh, then if you think that someone is trying to bully him, ask your child to fight his, his or her own battle first. When you think your child cannot do it or he's very uncomfortable is when you go and intervene that, okay, 
don't bully my child or if you are not comfortable let's walk out of here but at least give them one chance at least give them a uh, opportunity to go and try if you completely stop them like no no my child is not comfortable in this area so he's not going to go give them an opportunity allow them to go two or three times when they again say that they are not comfortable or not able to do that is when you enter in and you say okay now we are not comfortable we gave it a try then let's stop it but you should give them an opportunity first to go and do it no absolutely i cannot agree more than uh, more with you on this letting our children face those challenges or emotions yes. we cannot be there for them 24/7 yes. these are the experiences that actually build or develop the characteristics of a of a child and in a situation where they are in a confrontation with uh, with say other kids right so every child is different some children are like loud and some yeah. children are more like soft and kind of subdued right so in those situations like in your experience how have you handled those situations see i'll give a personal example like my child my second child my son he likes to play with everyone but he's still young and the group with whom he plays with his sister's group they are kids little elder to him like they are 6 years 7 years old and my son is just 3 years old so it is very easy for those big children you know uh to intimidate him to shout at him sometimes or tell him don't play with us or move away so what i do is i stay around i'm listening and i'm seeing what they are doing to my child i don't intervene till i think my child cannot handle it but when i think the other child is going overboard in torturing my kid or my son and you know continuously nagging him to go away not play don't come outside or something like that that is when i go and tell that do not uh, tell no to my kid to play he will also play if you want he may not disturb you he will play separately but he will be there in that area so you cannot ask him to go away from there so only in dire case when you think that your child cannot handle it or is too small to handle it is when you go there but yes you should somewhere expose your kid to that environment because your child needs to know or needs to experience this also if you completely put him in an environment where there only he is alone here because he is small i cannot always put him to play alone i need him to go and play with other kids big small however so i have to make him stay there to see how other kids are playing now has come the time and my child plays with them the elder kids they play according to him he plays according to them and when he cannot handle what they are playing like or something which is very fast or something he himself you know he will move away he will sit aside and he will watch them playing because he knows he cannot run like them or he cannot hop like them is when he moves away himself but i make sure he's still over there seeing and uh, you know being with them and playing when he can and moving away when he cannot that is a great piece of advice the little one still wants to be with the elder ones though <laughs> that's always the case because even my son if my daughter is playing with someone or something he always wants to be there so i cannot tell that no you are young so you have to move aside yes go but you know you be around to observe that he doesn't get hurt because the kids are big they may run fast and he may get hurt or something and at the same time you should make your younger one also understand that if you are not able to do it move aside you will get hurt you will be in pain but do not pull the child completely away that no beta you cannot play with them they are too big for you that you are protecting them completely you rather you might tell them that you go you be there but if you cannot handle it move away or keep yourself safe if you think you are going to get yeah and i think this gives them the expectation that whenever they are in a in that kind of situation or a difficult situation somebody will come and take escape them from that rather yes. than making them face their own uh, battles which yes. they will anyways have to 
they have to so basically what it is like you know uh, when you are you uh, help them from a distance you observe them from a distance and help them later on or maybe you know guide from a distance as well sometimes it's not necessary for you to enter the play area and tell them ki aise khelo you can stand away you see your child is in trouble and you just tell him that move away from there and go into another ride yeah. so you know that way you know their upbringing will be such that when they grow up they will be out there fighting their own battle but even at the back of their mind they know that if i am unable to do something i have a parent to turn back to and i know my father or my mother is there who will guide me so it builds that kind of an environment for your child where your child is very much aware that yes i have to do it on my own but if i am unable to do it my parent is there to support me in the future mm-hmm. so how does one practice this with teachers in school right i mean maintaining a balance when you are when you can be there in physical uh, or in person is possible but trying to trying to kind of do this with teachers can definitely be a new sense for the teachers if i can say that yes yes so, i i have seen the cases in particular you know like last year when it was the first you know day of play group children i had a parent uh, after the first day the child was uh, the class was over and the children were coming out the mother was you know literally bombarding the teacher and she was like my child doesn't like to sit here he is uncomfortable with this you have to feed him only this you have to give him this at this time and the teacher was like it is just the first day the child is going to cry it is very okay and she was like no no my kid cannot cry for so long and I, and it was just a two hour class and the teacher was like we have not even taught them anything we have just made them comfortable in the class so basically such kind of a thing when i spoke to the teacher she was like such kind of things you know disturb the teachers as well when the parents are completely indulged and nagging the teachers on how to teach the child or how to manage the child in the class see basically it is a class of 20 30 kids so a teacher cannot only pay attention to one child on your request if i go and say that you know my child is like this you need to give special attention to my child everyone is paying equal fees the school is for everyone the teachers for everyone so you cannot say that pay attention only to my kid the teacher has to pay attention to everyone so when you go and have personal demands and personal requests to the teachers it doesn't go the right way the teacher gets that disconnect from you when she sees that you know the parent is always saying do this for my child do that for my child it's not the right thing to do rather if your child is facing some difficulty discuss with the teacher as to how can you both deal with it together we have to work it both the ways where teacher of course will pay attention but you as a parent have to deal it your way you cannot force the teacher to do the things you want them to do in in many situations parents are themselves going through that separation anxiety phase instead of building this kind of a nagging relationship with the teacher mm-hmm. by like continuously being too prescriptive prescriptive if i can say right yeah. uh, and not letting the teacher explore your child or understand your child like you we as parents can then be a big hindrance in actually yes. that teacher child relation to form yes, any you. other tips and techniques you would that you would want to share yes i will uh, you know basically uh, like to talk about how as a parent you can stop or uh, control your helicopter nature first look at your engagement with your child in quality and not in quantity doing everything every day with them is not important doing something with them in a nice way is important like during this lockdown every day sitting down with them and doing activities is not important in the entire week's time if you sit with them for two or three days and do something very interesting which they even enjoy it and like it it's more important basically the quality over the quantity is what i'm talking about the second thing is look at your child's area of interest 
if you think your child is not interested like if i push my child to learn a piano when i know that he or she is not interested it's like you know you are making them do what you want to do and not what they want they want to do so don't do that to them don't force because in this case then you are like you are you are making them do everything that is your preference and you have to be able to accept the imperfections the inabilities that yes my child cannot do this or my child is not perfect in this particular area so okay i know my child cannot perform in this area so accept it move away if you think you first help them if you still feel that they are not able to do it move away accept your child's failure no one in this world is perfect even we as parents are not perfect we have flaws we make mistakes so likewise their kids they are more naive so they are, they they will make mistakes they will not understand they might fail at something uh, when they are growing in their growing years so accept it and allow them to fight their own battle allow them to take risk allow them to face the world and see the things explore different avenues give them a chance give them an opportunity to see uh, and explore and do not always go and do things to them basically that's how you can uh, deal with it by helping them you know in doing things on their own and you taking a little step back look from far but don't indulge too much <laughs> very well put um, hansa this it's all about um accepting that there are things that your child is also number one in there are things that others are number one in and that's how we work right that's why we need teams in this world that, that's why people come together and realize and use their own specific skills that they are yeah. good at yes. just as parents we forget that you know when we look back even in our classrooms right there were children who were good at certain things who were really bad at certain things and now everybody is um, is kind of performing in their own field some somehow and contributing to yeah so i think it's probably uh, we as parents taking a taking a step back and taking it easy for a while <laughs> yes absolutely because of the way things are outside now you may go to drop them but then draw a line then do not go till the class settle them down don't try my baby do this do that so basically now it is like go to the school and draw a line do not go further to make them over comfortable in the school and all that let them face the school on their own let them yep. deal with the matters on their own yep and to kind of sum it all we definitely want our children to be safe and that is where we as parents have the main role um, to perform but yes. we also want them to be strong enough to face the challenges that they will face in life this is the time when they form skills on how they manage their social relationships how they manage situations where they might be in stress how they manage situations where they are, they where they might feel yes i have to do it alone at soko world this is our our basic aim right so sharing your your experiences your stories with with other parents yeah. other educators is very very critical to uh, create that awareness so so sansa this was a really great chat with you uh, it was fun fun talking about you know all things parenting thank you so much and uh, yes i would again end it by saying that give the me time to your child because just like you your child also needs a time alone do not interfere and give them the space <laughs> thank you for listening to today's episode of nurturing podcast this podcast was brought to you by soko world an all in one platform for preschools daycares and parents 
Our mission at Soko World is to create super schools and super parents that are aware and engaged meaningfully to deliver better development and learning outcomes for children from 0 to 6 years. To access our other podcasts and helpful resources, download our app Soko World that is S O C O World from your app store or visit blog.sokoworld.com. Again, S O C O world.com do subscribe to our newsletter so you can get news resources articles and templates delivered directly to you to help you with your daily work and challenges thank you again for being such an amazing audience stay tuned